0: The Dodgers and Rays have made a trade with Tyler Glasnow going to L.A. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to this special mini-episode of Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, award-winning baseball writer and podcaster, and thank you for making us your first listen every single day, or listening to us multiple times every single day. This mini-episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 bucks. If your team wins with Fando.com slash locked on to get started. So there has been a trade uh, between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Los Angeles Dodgers. It is not technically official yet. We'll get into that in just a second. But the trade here is going to the Los Angeles Dodgers. They get the rotation help that they, I'm going to say, desperately needed, right? They're going to get right-hand pitcher Tyler Glasnow, who's on a one-year deal. He's owed $25 million this year. And they're going to get outfielder Manny Margot, who is under contract this year for $10 million. The Rays are sending $4 million to help offset that cost. It is hilarious to me that the Rays are sending the Dodgers money in this, but that's how baseball works. And then Manny Margot does have a mutual option for 2025. At twelve million dollars, and those almost never get picked up. Uh, in return, Tampa Bay is getting right-hand pitcher Ryan Pepio and outfielder Johnny Deluca, and those two guys together have eleven years of team control. I believe it's five for Pepio and six for Deluca. This whole trade—it uh, is not official. It is contingent on one a physical, which is not a given for Tyler Glasnow. And two, Glasno signing an extension. So that is why this has not been officially announced by the teams. But these are the, as far as we know, these are the final terms after this, the framework of this proposal was floated earlier this week. And it's a really interesting deal for both teams. And you can probably call it a win for both teams. Uh, It is more, it, it is riskier for the Dodgers. Let's just be upfront with that. There is more risk to the Dodgers than anybody else. But they're in a position where they can do this, right? They have a top five farm system. Uh, They can pull from some of those players to fortify what was looking to be like a glaring issue, glaring need in their rotation for additional arms in 2024. The Rays, by comparison, Can This is what the Rays do, right? They develop players, they use them, and then at the very end, as they're getting to the end of their contractual control, they flip them for multiple years of young talent and keep going. So it's easy to see on its face, one, the two different strategies by these front offices to win games, and how both teams could feel like they're winners in this. Now, The Dodgers have a lot more risk in this deal, right? Manny Margot has, he has always been a player that high contact hitter, not a ton of power and gave you plus defense, right? But he had a knee injury in 2022 and since then he hasn't shown the same defensive uh, grades that he showed pre-injury. Now, how much of that is the process of recovering from that injury and how it takes some time to fully get back? We saw that with Ronald Acuna Jr. in 2022 versus 2023. Uh, How much of that is just naturally slowing down a step as he gets older? I don't know. Uh, But why it does work really well is because of the platoon you can now do with Manny Margot and Jason Hayward in right field. For their careers, Manny Margot has a... 119 OPS plus against right-handed pitching, whereas Jason Hayward's career OPS plus against righties is a 66. Conversely, Jason Hayward has been much better against lefties. It's a career 100 OPS plus mark, but last season it was a 123. In matter of fact, Jason Hayward barely faced left-handed pitching last year. He had a total of 28 plate appearances, against left-handed pitching. So this gives you Manny Margot facing your righties, Jason Hayward facing your lefties. They both can give you, in a corner, they can give you above average defense. It's very clear to see how Manny Margot fits into this roster. Again, don't necessarily know if you'll use him in the future. Tyler Glasnow, when he's healthy, he is an absolute stud. Now, that's obviously the biggest issue here. When Tyler Glasnow is healthy, he is a stud. He has his fastball sits in the upper nineties. His slider, which is can like is up into the nineties at times. Uh, his curveball, very good uh, vertical break to it. And because he's six eight, he gets a ton of extension on everything. So all of this stuff plays up. The caveat here is, it's when Tyler Glasnow's healthy, right? He threw hundred and twenty innings last year. That was the, a career high for him in the majors. The most innings he's thrown in professional baseball in one season was 2016, the year he debuted, and he threw 140 total between the minors and the majors. And so it feels like the Dodgers, one, are obviously aware of that, and they're going to have plans using all of their different pitching depth to manage his innings because the goal here, is not, we need Tyler Glasnow for June and July. We need Tyler Glasnow for October. And Tyler Glas. they're going to do everything they have to do to manage his innings, to get him to October healthy and in a position to go out in the postseason and give them what they sorely needed, because you saw what happened last year when they got destroyed by running guys like Lance Lynn out there, who I believe gave up four consecutive home runs to Diamondbacks hitters in one of those games. The flip side of this, Ryan Pepio to the Rays, and then Johnny DeLuca. DeLuca, real quick. Hit for power as a prospect in the minors. Didn't hit for a ton of power in the majors. And I don't necessarily think he's ever going to be a plus hitter, but it feels like a lot of his power ends up coming pull side. We've seen Isaac Paredes in Tampa Bay, be a guy that has very low exit velocities, relatively speaking, but good home run potential because he can pull balls very well and hit home run. So it feels like he's a candidate for that kind of work with Tampa, right? Defensively, I don't know where you play him. I think he's fine at all three positions. He obviously doesn't supplant Rony Rosarena. He probably doesn't supplant Josh Lowe. Maybe he splits time with Luke Rayleigh uh, as far as the backup goes. Maybe you look at Jose Siri and you're like, yeah, he's an elite center field defender and he's got plus power, but he also had an atrocious on base percentage. And so, like, I want to say he had like 267 on base, which I don't know how you even do that and still be a full time starter. It's wild. And have a positive war. He had two and a half war with a 267 on base because of the defense and the home runs. Maybe DeLuca takes over in center field for Jose Siri. Maybe when series arbitration eligible in 25, they move on from him and DeLuca takes over then, or maybe he's just another piece into that outfield, maybe replacing Luke Rayleigh. I don't quite know. Uh, But Ryan Pepio is the big piece of this. He's always been a pitcher that it felt like he had good stuff, right? But he had one. He only really showed two pitches until just recently, and... He had some control issues, right? So he's been a fastball changeup kind of guy. And I was down on this trade when it was announced, and I think part of it is I just have an inherent bias against changeup dominant pitchers, right? Like, that's just not my thing. Like, Yu Min Lin, I think he's done great stuff in Arizona's farm system. I don't want any shares of him in fantasy because I just don't believe in a change-up dominant profile. But Pepio is a little bit different from that for a few reasons. One, the velocity is good. I mean, he can... He sits mid-90s. He can run it up harder if he needs to. And then he, after his oblique injury, when he came back in 2023, the walks were significantly lowered, right? He went, so he got 42 innings in 2023, and he had 1.1 walks per nine innings. Contrast that with when he debuted in 2022. It was only 36 in the third innings. So granted, there's some sample size issues there. But he had 6.7 walks per nine issue per nine innings. And his time in the minors, he's hovered around four walks per nine innings. Some of the improvement was when his slider, he, th- he started throwing it harder, more like a slider-cutter hybrid kind of thing. And that's very much a Rays thing. It feels like a lot of the Rays guys like to throw those harder sliders. Now, when he did that, it... Sometimes the changeup would lose a little bit of effectiveness because uh, mechanically, it was hard to keep the right feel for both of those. I'm curious to see what Tampa Bay does with Ryan Peppio. I would understand, either way, if you said Tampa Bay won this trade. I would understand if you said uh, that Los Angeles won this trade. both of them entirely fits into the way that they've built these teams. And if Glasno stays healthy, this could be a trade that significantly helps both teams down the line stay tuned to the Locked On podcast network i guarantee you we'll have more of our shows talking about this locked on dodgers locked on rays i'm sure locked on mlb will be talking about this as well we will be back on monday reminder if you have questions for us i'm on twitter at crosby baseball that mailbag is on monday all the rest of the ways to reach us in the episode description in the show notes In there as well, also link to our podcast survey. I want to hear from you, things we can improve, things we can change. Until next time, enjoy the weekend. And remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer.